We'll talk some Major League Baseball real quick, but um, when RJ gets in here, whenever he does, um, Mr. College Football over there, I want to talk about this moving forward. There is a lawsuit going down in the Big Ten. Uh, a bunch of Nebraska players have joined together and are now suing the Big Ten. Um, I think I might have seen some Iowa players also going to be suing the Big Ten as well, uh, but we shall see when it comes to what's going to happen. Suing the Big Ten. We saw it was oh, it was the Iowa parents with a big letter. And then you had people protesting down in front of Kevin Warren's office in Illinois about demanding why, you know, Big Ten was canceled, why Fall Sports was canceled. And uh yeah, we'll see what uh we'll talk a little bit about the lawsuit and what these Nebraska players can do. Nebraska's the one, I think, the biggest name out of the Big Ten that is really carrying the the torch and the flame, Nelly, for Wanting to play football. Yeah, Nebraska seems to be the most vocal, but then you also hear like those reports of Ohio State. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. like I feel like you don't really hear much, and then all of a sudden there's some Ohio State news. Yeah. It's like Nebraska's there the whole time, and Ohio State's like peeking their head out every once in a while. Yeah, Nebraska's there like front and center with the big sign, like, we want to play. And then Ohio State, like you said, kind of turns around the corner and be like, yeah, so do we. And then they kind of stick back out, and then I will be like, Iowa will put their full body out there and be like, yeah, we want to play too. And then Iowa, Ohio State will peek out again. Yeah, what they said, we want to play. As Gene Smith is like working behind closed doors to get it done. But yeah, Nebraska players uh, have a lawsuit seeking to restore Big Ten football. So we will see what happens. Oh, there it is. I was going to have that cookout today with the Fosher up in his new Canceled. place. Dad, unbelievable. Need to cancel the get-together today. Huge storms coming through. Hail, wind, etc. Man, it won't stop. Let's do it in the future. Hopefully your basement stays dry like mine. Dad, my basement is dry. I hope yours stays... Here's the thing, Rowdy. Dad just canceled the cookout we're going to have tonight. Dad just bought a brand new house, or built a new house. It's pretty damn big. Last I checked, you can still have a cookout. You just move it inside. Especially when I got a big brand new house. And then, then, then that, the wide reason to have the house is to stay out of the elements. Yeah, but if your dad doesn't want to go outside to cook it. I'll do it for you, Dad. I love Man in the Grill. All right. Anyways, so I'm looking at this. I'm not uh, faulting Mr. Thorson for this. You know, I, I, I might be a little bit. You got a, big, you got a big brand new beautiful house, Dad. I'm just saying that house is meant for having people inside of it to stay out of the elements. All right, so ranking the top 50 most valuable trade assets in the majors. My God, it's when you watch the Brewers in their offense, you'd think they don't have any because it <laughs> is abysmal, but they indeed do. So Brewers lose 6-1 to in the first, by the way, seven-inning doubleheaders. They're awful. They're terrible. Could have told you that and at the it, beginning of the season. And you did. You told me that, and I agreed with you. I said, I hate the runner in extra innings on second base, and I hate the seven-inning double. If you wanted to watch seven-inning games, you might as well just show up to a high school game. Uh, uh, so Tommy called in at like 6'10", and he said, it's, you know, these seven innings suck because the Brewers don't get going until later on. And I said, yeah, they usually save it till the, the ninth inning. And when you don't have a ninth inning or even an eighth inning, you're kind of screwed. But the Brewers, I mean, look at look at this. Christian Yelich, I'll just go from the second game. After the second game, here is the batting average. Ryan Braun's batting 193. Christian Yelich is batting 190. Keston Hira, 237. Jed Jericho, 206. Justin Smoke, batting 200. Arcia has actually been decent. Arcia has been like probably like the most consistent bat lately, and he's batting 222. Uh, Manny Pena got... Manny Pena got banged up yesterday. I hope yeah, he's, doing he's okay. on uh, crutches, according yeah. to some reports, and not putting much weight on it. So Manny Pena might be done because that was a he got hurt yesterday. He's batting was batting two thirty one. You have Omar Narvaez. He's batting one sixty nine. Uh, this you know Matthias, who we don't see much from. He's batting two ninety two. Urias is batting two eighty six, and. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. Avisal Garcia is batting 222. I got the and then um, Orlando RC is batting 264. So not much going on when it comes to the bats for the Milwaukee Brewers. So yeah, like, but we do the trade assets? we do the same dance like once a week where you list all the terrible averages that they have. Yeah, and I don't know if they're getting any. They're definitely not getting any better. 
So I'm looking at. The, well, if anything, they're getting more at bats, so their averages are plummeting. <laughs> it's not good. Uh, let's see, 50, 50 most valuable trade assets in the Major League Baseball in MLB. Here is a guy who has ju- just missed the cutoff. They said of someone that's got a huge value right now. Former friend, Trent Grisham, who's having himself a year. If Trent Grisham was on the Brewers, I, he would be the best. If Trent Grisham was on the Brewers, he would be the most productive player on the team, and it really wouldn't be close. I um, I didn't think I'd say this after he could, had that terrible fielding error. I miss Trent Grisham, Rowdy. I am missing Trent Grisham. Trent Grisham right now is batting, let's see, he's got 31 hits, 15 RBIs. He's batting two fifty two. How many home runs did he hit? Was that last Saturday? Yeah, he had three home runs in just that one game. Oofta. All right, so first on the list when it comes to the 50 that are the most valuable. And let me see let me ask you if you do you think the Brewers All right, hindsight 2020, back what? when they traded him? Yeah. Were you that upset? When they traded him? No, I wanted him to get out. I said get out of here. Even without the error. I don't know, he was doing okay at the end there, wasn't he? Yeah, he was playing all right, but yeah, it wasn't, he wasn't bad. But he wasn't good. He wasn't like he was playing with San Diego this year. Yeah, and plus you also knew that the the Brewers had a bunch of outfielders. You knew that they had Kane, Yelich, Braun returning. You knew that they still had the Gambles of the world, and they had uh, the Corey Ray that's in Triple A. But yeah. I'm not expecting much from him. But I mean, at no. the same time, you had a lot of guys, and that's been the same thing with the Brewers for years now, where they started getting rid of outfielders because they had too many, like the Santanas, like the uh, Phillips. Well, that's yeah, we had that big conversation um, last year, right? It's like that crowded outfield, and then yada yada yada. Who do you trade? What do you do? It's um, it's crowded right now. It's crowded with a lot of guys that aren't really doing much. All right, so number fifty on the list when it comes to the fifty most valuable trade assets in the major league in major league baseball. Number fifty, and I I don't know if you could see the Brewers doing it or not, but let me ask you. They have number fifty, Brandon Woodruff. What did we learn about Woodruff this year? He's the ace. Yep. He's a workhorse. He's an ace. What what has it been basically in pretty much the whole Brewers franchise? Since the '90s, the most difficult part for them to get pitching, starting pitching, pitching, and an ace, yep. and an ace that can stay healthy. Yep. Ben Sheets was an ace, but he he struggled with health. He was always hurt. Yeah. What a curveball, though. Brandon Woodruff, Brewers got an ace. Now coming in the 50, and out of this is their list out of 50, the 50th most valuable trade asset in the majors. What would say you, Rowdy? I don't want to see the Brewers trade him. You keep that guy. Yeah. He's under control till 2024. He's got a lot of years left to be under control at a reasonable price. He's coming into his own as an ace. Brewers are always looking for pitching. Yep. I just don't think you can just give this guy away. No. Right, let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? I'm going to buy a car. Well, Charlie, hang on one second. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? Good morning, my friend. Hey, Scotty. What's up, dude? Hey, Sorry, do you want to wait for doing? RJ? Yeah, that's fine. All right, let me toss you on hold. RJ's waiting in the wings. We'll toss you on hold. That's fine. Because RJ, RJ misses you. He misses you, Scott. He's, he's okay. waiting in the wings. Let me toss you on hold. All right, two, two legends right there back-to-back. Two absolute d- dynamic legends. All right, so they say right here with a, um, let's say, 28 starts last season, Brandon Woodruff is underrated on results alone. This year especially, his under-the-hood metrics are also impressive. He thus has all the hallmarks of a top-of-the-rotation starter, and his prime may not end before his club control does, and the Brewers have him club control till 2024. Yeah, 2024, and I believe he's 27 years yep, old. 27. And his peak war in 2019 was three. It's pretty good. It is pretty good. So if the Brewers were to and plus, trade him, there's no way you, gotta, to- you need an ace. The Brewers' pitching is... With the DH, we don't even get to see him swing the bat. And that's the worst part about – one of the worst parts about 2020 when it comes to sports. You can't see a pitcher who rakes rake. Unbelievable. And we might not ever get to see it again. Yeah, because what, you give someone an inch, they're going to take a mile. You, Major League Baseball was given an inch with this DH, universal DH. I don't think they're going to give that up at all. Think they give up nine inning games? They're, I mean, they're already implementing seven inning games. We saw two of them yesterday. Yeah, I don't think they give up nine inning games. If they do, oof, duh. nah, it's not going to be good. Do you think they give up nine inning games? There's no way. They shouldn't. There's no. But who way. knows what 
what Robert Manfred's trying to organize behind the scenes. We've already mm. had hot mics. Yeah, hot mics from the Mets GM. We'll have to talk about that story. Not a good look for Major League Baseball. The Mets can never get out of their own way. The Mets, the Mets are... And neither can Manfred. No. Manfred's not in the wrong in this one, I don't think. I think it was the Mets COO. They ranked the top 50 most valuable trade assets in Major League Baseball. Coming in at number 50 is Brewers ace Brandon Woodruff. I don't see a, a world or a scenario where the Brewers would trade Brandon Woodruff. Do you guys? No, uh, mostly because you need an your, ace. Yeah, <laughs> in this day and age, you need one, and he's just not getting run support right now. Rowdy, what do you think? I don't think he can. It, it's when you have a true ace and you have them controllable for years to come in the future. I just don't know why you would trade that. Yeah, yeah. neither do I. You, you need you it. need one. To and win it all. That's the one. You already locked up Christian Yelich for a long-term deal. And he's under club control until 2024. Like, that's pretty nice, right? You would have your ace and you would have your MVP caliber player. That would be two of your pieces right there. All right, so to coming in at number 45 on the top 50 most valuable trade assets, number 45 would be Keston Hira. Club uh, club control through 2025. They say the good news is that Keston Hira already has 26 home runs through only 110 career games. The bad, though, is his pre-existing strikeout issue, and it has gotten worse in 2020 and thus warrants adjusting. There are also questions about his defense. Yet power, youth, and control are good things, and Keston Hira has plenty of each. Hope is a good thing, Red. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> Could Keston Hira come clean the other out the other side? Do you think Keston Hira would be a trading piece for your Milwaukee Brewers to bolster the club? In oh, a hundred percent. No, hundred percent. He's no extremely valuable. He was the Brewers' top prospect going into last season. You can't trade Keston Hira, can you? I mean, right now, I don't know if you'd want to, just because I think his value would be at its its lowest point in the last year just because he hasn't played very mm-hmm. well, especially when the guy makes his living off being able to hit, and he's only hitting, what would you say, 230-something, uh, 238? He, here, uh, yeah, somewhere around there. I have to get it back up. So he's struggling to hit. He's, <laughs> he's basically a career 300 hitter that's hitting like 230, 240. And he is striking all, and, and a he's, lot. And he's struggling this year. But I think he does have some value, especially for an AL club that doesn't necessi- necessarily see him in the field. Mm-hmm. Could you forgive the Brewers if they were to trade Kestaddy? Nelly, you wrote an article about the guy before he was even called up. that The man can hit. No, it would just be in complete Brewer fashion that they would trade him and he would go on to a Hall of Fame career. <laughs> he's batting two thirty seven, and he, uh, in game two yesterday he... Uh, like it appears Mr. Clark slash Grisham is right now. Yeah, Grisham's killing it. <laughs> Hero's betting two yeah, two thirty seven. His slugging percentage is four thirty two. But yeah, as Keston Hira, I would be just beside myself if the club traded him. But here's I think the it, thing: I could, I could, uh, and sadly, I could see it possibly happening. I think you'd you could get more value after next year if you were really looking to trade him, just because. You would think he'd have a better season than two thirty-seven <laughs> in a sixty-game. You would yeah. think. <laughs> and then there's only three names on this list that um, Bleacher Report put out. Surprisingly, I did. I, maybe they forgot about him, or maybe they already knew he's on his way out. Josh Hader was not even on this list. Um, top 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 fifty valuable trade assets in the majors. He doesn't even make honorable mention. Like Josh Hader's not on the list. And when was this written? This is like yesterday. They no, know, I'm sorry, two days ago. They know he's got one foot out the door. Yeah, <laughs> either either that or they're just they've been appraised of the asking price, and they're like, no. Or, does, they, or they already know he's gone. Does Christian Yelich make that list? Well, Rowdy, guess what? I'm saving it for this moment right here. Coming in at number out of fifty, coming in at number fourteen, former MVP Christian Yelich. Who does come in as the? I'm surprised most he's actually valuable not list higher trader to trade him because right? right now, obviously, this season and next season, he's still on his deal with the Marlins. Mm-hmm. So I think he only makes about 14 million dollars next year, which, unless he plays like he did this year, is an extraordinary deal. Yeah. And then his <laughs> long-term deal kicks in, which is still 
not super crazy when you're looking at MVP caliber players. Yeah, right. Yelly signed through 2028 for 202.5 milli with a mutual option for 2029. If the world is still around by then, who will know? Yeah, it's supposed to be until 2030. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did the Mayans readjust? Yeah. Is 2030 now the doomsday scenario? Yep, they uh, changed their calendar, came back from extinction. We're like, guys, you're reading this wrong. Like, actually, guys, well, the aliens dropped them off because. Yeah. They say, like, they're like, disappeared, right? They're like, what happened to the Mayans? Well, the aliens took them. Well, the aliens now are back because, you know, the Navy has released their videos and said the government said it was real. They dropped the Mayans back off and they readjusted their calendar (laughs) with some different forms of new equations that have came out in mathematics. (laughs) We have the 2030. All right, Rowdy. So they say right here, Christian Yelich's age and recent history raised questions about whether he has excess value on top of the money he's already owed. But when it comes down to it, we can't say no to a guy who had a 171 OPS plus, 80 homers, and 52 steals across 2018 and 2019. If given the chance, a buyer probably wouldn't either. <laughs> probably not. Well, if you look at it right now, Christian Yelich. He's batting below 200. Not doing the greatest, folks, but that goes with everyone on the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, Yelich's batting 190 with a slugging percentage of 448. Has Bellinger on base percentage better? is 320. This this season yet? Bellinger's not doing too hot either. Yeah. I mean almost everybody's not doing good. Remember when they had all the bets coming out like, "Well, someone hit over 400." Hey, there's last time I checked, there was two guys still hitting over 400. But what about the uh 19 and a half home runs? Will anyone have 19 and a half and we said take the over? That's yeah. that's going to hit. Does the that, uh, Trout, what's Trout at? Does an in the park home run count as the half? <laughs> yeah, what is that? What are, <laughs> does that count towards the bet? I don't know. Yeah, it would. Why wouldn't it? In the park home run. It's a home run. Yeah, it is a home run. I mean, the uh, it, yeah, it just says in bases. the park. In Mike Trout was the first player to get to ten home runs, but I think he's been surpassed. I think Tatis Junior. Yeah, Tatis Junior has thirteen. Jose Abreu Did you see that moonshot he had. Uh yeah. Jose Abreu for the White Sox has twelve. You know who's fun to watch? Tatis Jr. The Padres. Um, man, what's what's Tatis have you said? You said thir- he had thirteen. 13 and Trump's we haven't even 10. crossed into September yet. They still have over a month left to play. Yeah, he's got about half a season to hit seven home runs. Oh yeah, he's got that. No problem. Yeah. Uh, do you know if anyone's batting close to four hundred? That might be a little harder. Oh, there was two guys when I last checked probably about a week ago. There is currently just one that's close to flirting with it. Charlie Blackman's currently batting 390. Oh, wow. All okay. Right, Charlie. There you go. There you go, Charlie. Okay. Okay. I see you, Brett. Yeah. Then what? Kyle Lewis is 350. Donovan Solano, 340. I think uh, DJ LeMayhew was also over, but I don't know if he qualifies anymore because I think he's hurt. Ooh. Ooh. Don't quote me on that, but do they have a set number of at bats you need in a sixty game season to qualify? You would think, but they also currently don't for making the playoffs. So true. <laughs> yeah, so Christian Yelich coming. There's no way the Brewers, the Brewers would not. Do you do you foresee a scenario where the Brewers would trade Christian Yelich? Yeah, if they had a. You uh, think they trade away him after if they had that a bananas offer? Now here it is. I t- Lemayhu has been on the DL. Could return by the end of the week. Well, he could still get enough in there, maybe. But yeah, just about a week ago, he was tops because he must have qualified. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's sad to see about the Milwaukee Brewers is, and I said this to Rowdy, speaking of this, the bats in this offense, just talking about Hero and Christian Yelich, is every pitcher that faces the Milwaukee Brewers in 2020, the Brewers make them look like a Cy Young candidate. Yep. It's like every single pitcher. Wade Miley, now, <laughs> Wade Miley only pitched four innings yesterday. But Wade Miley came in into this game. He had given up nine runs in eight and one-thirds innings this year, Wade Miley has. Wade Miley went out there and made the Brewers look silly. Wade Miley gave up one hit, four innings of work, three strikeouts, and he was carrying, I mean, before the game, after the game, he's now at an ERA of 6.57, but before the game, it wasn't a good ERA either. But Wade Miley looked like looked like a friggin' Cy Young candidate. Sonny Gray was unbelievable for um, the Reds. Sonny Gray was a man possessed, but he is a lot better than Wade Miley. But this Brewers offense, it stinks. It stinks to high heaven. Yeah, there's been a lot of pitchers that have looked really good against the Brewers this season. I mean, just off the top of my head, just starting first game of the year, 
Kyle Hendricks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even Tyler Chatwood. Yeah. For the yeah. Cubs, who's overall, I would say Chicago Cub fans are pretty disappointed in what they've gotten from him since he signed. Yeah. He's looked really good against the Brewers. What was that? Um, Dobnak from the Twins, who was literally pitching in a baseball last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now he's in the big leagues and pitched well. Obviously, Maeda had a no-hitter into the ninth. Yep. I feel like at least once a week you're turning around and you're looking at these Brewer games where they're like, well, the Brewers still don't have any hits, and it's the fourth or fifth <laughs> inning. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, God. I, th- I think it might be time to get rid of Andy Hayes. Oh, right? No kidding. That guy can't do anything with the Barros was struggling for the Twins, and then all of a sudden <laughs> Brewers looked like amazing against candidate. the Brewers. Come on, Skip. I don't want to take the bump. Hey, bud, your next... Uh, your next outings against the Brewers. Oh, I'm, I'm in. I'm on. Let's go. I don't even need. I don't even need PEDs or nothing. Let's go. Sonny Gray went five innings, gave up four hits, but struck out four. Um, was a baller. Didn't give up any uh, runs. Adrian Hauser on the flip side, four innings, nine hits, two dingers, back to back dingers, and he rocks around now with a four point three six ERA. Uh, the next game, Wade Miley comes in, four innings, giving up one hit. Three Ks, no earned runs. Wade Miley looks like a Cy Young candidate. Josh Lindblom comes in, four innings, three hits, two earned runs, struck out four. Is it too early to say that that uh, project in Josh Lindblom has not gone well and I wouldn't mind seeing him dealt or... Yeah, it's... it's... Yeah. Sorry, David Stearns, <laughs> but you dipped into Korea one too many times. Yeah, you should have quit on a high note with uh, Eric Thames. Let me ask you guys, it's the first ever... Double header in Miller Park history. I don't. Which shocked me. I don't need that. History was made. Do we want to go down to the record hall of the Milwaukee Brewers and just wipe that one clean? Yes. Or how about just Major League Baseball in general since a full game wasn't played yesterday? Yeah, okay. Is it. Let me ask you guys. Is it truly the first ever double header played at Miller Park when it's both games are seven innings? Technically, yes. <laughs> Rowdy? Or is this an asterisk? The first ever doubleheader at Miller Park. Asterix 2020. That's a really good question. Just because technically they can still say a full game was five innings if it gets postponed or That's true. canceled due go. to weather. That's true. I would I would if I was the Milwaukee Brewers and the person putting together their like their like their record book, their hall of of records. I would, I would put a little asterisk on but could, it. Could you believe, though, that <laughs> there were eight games yesterday for Major League Baseball, four double headers, and the longest game was eight innings? Because it was technically extras? <laughs> it's nuts. It's nuts. So Brewers lose both games of the first ever asterisk doubleheader at Miller Park. And uh, we had a uh, tweet in from that. Uh, Jerry says, yeah, but we're saving on payroll. The Brewers were atrocious. They gave up. They Oh, my God. They're awful. They were terrible. The Brewers stink. Yeah, it was not a good day to watch Their offense, I mean, anemic is being polite. The Brewers ranked 28th in Major League Baseball in runs per game coming in to this doubleheader. Yeah, I'm so glad I took a mental... Mental health day and did not watch one second of sports. I will, the I, the I'll, first game. I, I bet you're even more glad if you hear who was doing color commentary. No, no, I saw that. Yeah, Tim Dillard. There, so I was, he wasn't that good, actually. No. So I was uh, not really interested in watching sports just in general yesterday. And then I, I did see on Twitter in the afternoon that uh, Tim Dillard would be joining the uh, broadcast, and I go, this is fate. There's no way I'm tuning in now. I can't stand that guy. Yeah, because Tim Dillard's He's twi- like the most annoying guy on the broadcast they've ever had. Tim Dillard's Twitter presence was like annoying to me. I know a lot of people loved it. And then he just like got... Did he get banned from Twitter or something? Like some have reasons that he just was like all of a sudden was gone from Twitter. I think he was asked to not be on it by the team. Something happened where all of a sudden he was gone off of Twitter. What, did the milkmen have the day off or something? <laughs> yes, they did. Is that why? Yep. Yeah, yeah, that is why. And that's, and then Tim Dillard's on the broadcast, and I was like, oh god, Tim Dillard kind of bugs me. But then when the the game was unfolding, he really wasn't that annoying on the broadcast. He he honestly was like, I would give him like a C, I guess. 
Yeah. He wasn't yeah. good, but he wasn't bad. Right. He was just kind of there. Well, it, and when LePay was going to him for like insight on stuff, there was no insight. It was like, well, that's the pitch you throw. Yeah, it's like okay, okay well, LePay didn't even mention what pitch it was. Well, that's and the pitch you throw. Like RJ. he couldn't name the pitch. Like he's watching it in there. He's like, um, well, he's got like six pitches. Talking about Sonny Gray, and he's like. He's got six pitches. I'm not sure which one that I was. I think that was a breaking ball. <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, but And then it was like, then you have Rock, who on a normal day, even before the ball is pitched, he's just like, and I mean, that's the difference between a catcher and probably a pitcher. Yeah, for sure, stuff, for sure. Uh, where, I mean, he's used to calling a game, and it's not like calling a game from behind the plate's really changed. But, yeah, I mean. It was. Yeah. It was one of those where you're just like, eh. Well, it's funny. I mean, we got we to gotta find more about this game because the Brewers absolutely sucked on field. It was 6-1 to one they lost, then 6 nothing. We got to nitpick a little things here and there, right? Because the Brewers stunk. Yeah, you can't really talk about the game yeah. past. Besides, besides me wanting to, like, sponge it, just wipe it out of the records and say this, this the first ever doubleheader Miller Park didn't really happen because it was two seven-inning games. <laughs> All right, so out of the Big Ten, uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers. They got eight football players are now filing a lawsuit against the Big Ten yesterday, seeking a reversal of the postponement of fall sports season, and uh, just wanting greater clarity as how the league leadership arrived at the decision. It's a 13-page complaint, and it contends that the postponement should be overturned because it was "quote unquote" unjustified, based on flawed and misapplied medical information, and didn't follow established procedures in the decision-making process. Uh, this Huskers players represented are eight of them, Garrett Snodgrass, Garrett Nelson, Ethan Piper, Noah Pola Gates, Alante Brown, Brant, ba- uh, Brant Banks, Brig Banks, and Jackson Hanna. And those kids are, um, their families are the core members of the Nebraska Parents Group, which first presented the possibility of legal action in an open letter to the Big Ten uh, last week. So the attorney for them, of the players, Mike Flood, said the lawsuit, quote, isn't about money or damages. It's about real-life relief. Uh, Nebraska student-athletes followed every precaution and protocols laid out by the University of Nebraska's medical center with the expectation of playing football this fall. And they said it was an arbitrary and capricious decision that takes away their opportunity. Now, <clears throat> that's, the, that's why I want gripe, too, when it comes to Wisconsin. Like Cole Van Lannan out there saying, we did everything that we were asked of. We didn't have a we didn't have a positive test in weeks, if not months. So we did every single thing you asked us to do, and we didn't have any positive tests, and you still canceled. And that's what's in this lawsuit with Nebraska. So the document raises three counts against the Big Ten: wrongful interference with business expectations, a breach of contract and a declaratory judgment, which is essentially the breach of contract. Do you think – now, people have already come out – the Big Ten released a statement saying the player's lawsuit has, quote-unquote, no merit. Do you – are you behind the players in this? I guess the courts will figure that out. I think what this is is I don't know if you're going to win anything when it comes to the monetary value, but what I want to see – and I know the Freedom of Information Act, the FOIA was already filed, but I think this is another step into saying, yo – Give us the information you received on why to can- on why you well, canceled the season. Especially because you have mixed reports of what actually happened, how they came to this decision, what information or data they used from which particular doctors. Because wasn't it Michigan? Yeah, uh, Michigan doctors- had flawed science. They said like uh, like big doctors came out to say that they used flawed a flawed graph and flawed science, et cetera. Et cetera. I mean, when you have all that different information floating around, there's probably a little bit of uh, if there's smoke, there's fire. Right. Well, if you have so much information floating around and some of it could be true, some could be not true, misinformation, maybe it's true, maybe it's not, isn't the best thing to do is to release all the information you had to clear any doubt? Unless you're trying to hide something. Right. I mean, that's just what you'd think. And then the well, the other part is the Big Ten was the first big conference to come out and cancel it. Yeah. Like Pac-12 really didn't have to cite anything; they were just like we're following the Big Ten. Yeah. Like that's what they cited. Yeah. And the other, the other conferences are like, we are going to be doing our own thing here. Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? Yeah. Nobody. 
But yeah, it may, you got to be when you call in, be a little patient. Nelson and I are trying to have a conversation. I throw you on hold, you listen, and you're like, "Oh yeah, those guys are pretty smart." And then I bring you on. All right, sorry, Rowdy. What? Well, it's just like it made the Pac-12's decision so much easier because all they had to do was follow suit. The Big Ten was the one that was supposedly out on the the front lines, you know, gathering all the information, the data, having the the safety yeah. of let's end the season. But then they didn't want to or they haven't really come out and said exactly what they looked at. And there's been a lot of different information information. about how they came to that decision. The Big Ten has only made it more confusing. Kevin Warren, when he released, when they first canceled the season, you're like, wow, that's kind of shocking. You you just released your schedule a week before, and you put in... No, no, not the week, like a day or two before. Yeah, true. It was like, and you put in, you know, three bye weeks to delay games or delay the start of the season in case something, you know, like a, an outbreak did happen. And then Cole Van Landen comes out and, was, you know, some Wisconsin players are like, yo, we hadn't had a, a positive test in weeks, if not months. Everything we were doing was right. And then you have Nebraska saying they want to play. Then you have Iowa saying they want to play. You have Ohio State allegedly working behind the scenes to get together six teams. So you have all this weird information coming out. And then Kevin, well, then you have the then, presidents that are saying. Well, hang, hang on. Then eight days later, Kevin Warren releases this letter to clear up some confusion. Well, if you had such a big decision, you would have probably got it right in the first place, right? So now he's got this letter out clearing up the confusion. It didn't really clear up any confusion. The only thing it it, it, it doubled down on was there's going to be no Big Ten football. And then you get Nebraska, a reporter who from was it Omaha.com puts this article out because he met with the athletic director of Nebraska. And the athletic director of Nebraska then proclaims and says that Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, only had meetings all separate, separate meetings with the presidents and chancellors, separate meetings with the athletic directors, and then he states all the athletic directors wanted to play fall football. And then they're saying, the athletic directors, that Kevin Warren never relayed that information to the presidents and chancellors. And then more information comes out that Kevin Warren never had the medical experts in the same Zoom meetings with the Big Ten commissioners or the presidents and chancellors. There was just so much bad stories coming out of miscommunication, misinformation, and people not on the same page. That the longer you go without kind of giving people a peek behind the curtain of why they did what they did, you're going to get stuff like this. You're going to get questions, right? Well, what did we say months ago when it was baseball, basketball, even when football started talking about being pushed back? What was the thing that you had to do because no one really knows what's going on? Yeah. Is make a decision and have thorough information supporting why you made that decision and then move on. Yeah, I think this is just Nebraska. I mean, then the parents went out and were protesting in front of Kevin Warren's office. Uh, that wanted their sons to play. This is just a fight to, I think, get the information out there of like, yo, just tell us and or just show us the information that you used and why you did it. We just want to see it. Just give us transparency. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? Yellow. Yellow. You're done. Well, you know, like if Kevin Warren's in the Big Ten are going to come out and say, yeah, we're done. We're not playing football this year. Here's why. And then they state this study from insert university here or from this medical professional here. And they went right down that list. Yeah. You could be mad that they didn't play football 100%. But then at the same time, you'd be like, but here's their reasoning. They kind of just came out and said, well, you know, we kind of had a vote, but not really. And that's the other thing. We had a vote. We didn't have a vote. Blah, blah, blah. Athletic directors saying they didn't have a vote. It's insane. Like Penn State's athletic director was like, if there was a vote, that's news to me. And you didn't have everyone on the same page when talking about wanting to play or not between universities. And then you throw in the fact that other conferences are going. You know. And then you, at the same time, you still don't really want to release the information or say exactly why. Yeah, while well, other teams are still going to be having a season. And... So I get, I get the lawsuit. I get it. There's been more outbreaks in SEC country, and they're still playing, yeah. than in the Big Ten schools. Yeah. I get why you want to fight to get the information. Is it going to go in their favor? Yeah, you don't know if they're going to win, but the courts will figure it out. Yeah. They got that FOIA, too. So talking a little bit about the NBA, as it looks like yesterday at this time, it looked like the playoffs were off because the Clippers and the Lakers decided to 
say, we're not participating anymore, we're done. Well, they had a vote yesterday, a new vote after a a long meeting, and it looks like the playoffs are going to be back on. It's, you know, confusing a little bit, right? But then I looked into this. Um, The NBA playoffs inside the Orlando bubble have lost a lot, a lot, a lot of viewership. The first week of the NBA playoff ratings are down 20% from last season. Now the well, I'd actually like to take a. I know we maybe we'll do this tomorrow. We'll have a poll well, for obviously. I'm, oh yeah, Monday. I'm, I'm off tomorrow on mo- Monday. <laughs> if the Bucks play again, yeah. we'll we'll ask a Twitter poll. Have you actually been watching the Bucks playoff games? Because they've been scheduled at noon to like three. Yeah, I mean, do, do people really want to see the Bucks beat up on the Magic? Is that why they stick them at a noon time or a three time? And how many people are tuning in when they're probably at work? Yeah, I mean, I tune in just because I'm done. I'm done with work around that time, and I can scoot home. I'll usually watch it on in at the house or at the gym, then at the house. Like I can watch it. It works out for me. I like doing games that are afternoon affairs, just because I I get up at four a.m. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to get sympathy for getting up that early. I I laid my bed. Now I will sleep very briefly in it. But I get up at 4 a.m., so I like the earlier games just because then I can, and I don't have an angry wife like demanding I pay attention to her, which you're very beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but I also got to you know do some do some research here watching the show or the the games. But at noon and three, yeah, that's that's tough if you are a Bucks fan or if your team is playing in that time slot. Yeah, especially if you're, you're a, working. You're a nine to fiver. Yeah, how are you supposed to how are you supposed to watch? You get home from work after five, and it's like if the Bucks started at three. You're like, oh, I caught the last two minutes. Yeah, it's tough. So, to your point, yeah, it's a it's a bad time slot for the you know for the for the nine. And you know that they're putting the Bucks and Magic there for a reason. Yeah, well, a it's the Magic. They are you know a below five hundred record, and, and B, B it's, it's the, the Bucks. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, they are the best team in the in the league record wise, and have the reigning MVP. But it's still at the end of the day, the small market Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, you have a you have a different style of basketball that you would get with like and the you know, Rockets or the Lakers or the Clippers, you know. And you know, if the Bucks were pulling a lot of eyes, they wouldn't have them at noon on a Wednesday. Yeah, yes, exactly. And it, it has to do with it being the magic as well. But yes, I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Giannis Antetokounmpo is a superstar, but he's not going to look garner the attention that a LeBron James well, would get. I, obviously, I mean, in theory, say LeBron was still in the East and on this exact same you know, team, but it was Cleveland. He was say he was still on Cleveland and they were playing Orlando. I don't think they'd be playing at noon. Yeah, I don't there I don't think they would be either. But looking at this in that bubble, this article this article was actually written Wednesday before the cancellation of the games on Wednesday, and obviously they also canceled yesterday. But the NBA playoffs inside the bubble are averaging one point eight seven five million viewers for the first week. That is down twenty percent from last season. Now, industry. Do you rem- do you remember? Um, was it the AAF last spring? Was that two springs ago? Was, remember they had they went up that? against the Thunder and the Rockets. Yeah, Thunder Rocket and, NBA game. And the Thunder and Rockets were still pulling. I think it was low. Was it two point three? If I remember it was correctly, something, or something around, there, around yeah. there. And then obviously the AAF in those first couple of weeks was beating. It was it. the first week of AAF. The first game. If now you're mentioning these, and they didn't even get to two million. Yeah, and uh, and that was the, when the NBA was still losing to the AAF. They were still pulling like two point three million or whatever it was in the first week of the. Uh, what was it? The uh, alliance. The alliance. American. Oh, American alliance. I don't even. It doesn't even. Uh, matter. They don't even exist anymore. The AAF. But the first week, the AAF beat the NBA in viewership because they were drawing like in the threes. Yeah, and then it dipped. Obviously, most people realize how bad it was. Uh, but the NBA playoffs uh, industry has, are down 20% in viewership. Industry insiders, and this comes from sportsillustrated.com, industry insiders mostly chalk up the decline in viewership to the abnormal season, obviously the cancellation, COVID-19, uh, with games being played in August, often during the daytime hours, like we were just talking about the Milwaukee Bucks and the Orlando Magic. And when television viewership is uh, is just down in general, just this TV in general is down across the board. That's what they chalk it up to. Uh, that said, Sports Business Daily also reported in February. See, I think that's crazy because NBA ratings are way down. 
Now, also, baseball, you play at night like the NBA has been playing. You also have day games. Yeah. There's obviously no fans for either places. One's a bubble. One's just in teams' home stadiums. And uh, according to Yahoo right here, 2020 MLB season ratings are actually up 4%. Are they? Yeah, look at that. They are. Wow. And that figure is being driven by an increase in viewership from women and younger audiences. I did hear that the other day when I was uh, driving around. It was, uh, yeah, women and a younger, uh, yeah, I remember. I was right by Vitance. I was about to hit the belt line up, and I was going home. Women and the younger viewers. The NBA, though, down, and down a lot. 20% is a pretty big number. That's a huge number. Especially when you're in the playoffs. That's, that's huge. Well, imagine if that was your salary. Right, <laughs> like if you were getting paid a hundred thousand dollars a year, and then all of a sudden you had a dip twenty thousand, you're like, I'm only getting eighty this year. It's like, whoa, you'd be a shock to the system, right? So, Sports Business Daily reported in February that ratings for regular season games had already declined by twelve percent since the end of the 2018-19 season, and that was during the NBA's normal calendar year. Pre-COVID-19, in the before times. You guys remember the before times? The before times are nice. Yeah, so the NBA was starting to fail then. They were down 12. Or not fail, but decline. decline. They were down 12. Now they're down 20% for the first week of the playoffs. Viewership data was collected by a show buzz, consisted of playoff games that were televised on ABC, ESPN, and TNT for the week of August uh, 17th to the 23rd. The games broadcasted on NBA TV were not included in this data. So ratings are down. Whole Ratings are down across the board at 20% total. But, but ratings for the 18-year-old to 49-year-old demographic for the first week of the playoffs, ratings were down for just that demographic alone, 28%. And I like how they throw in, oh, they're not taking data from NBA TV. Yeah, Who well, has, a lot of people don't have NBA say, TV. How, that's probably why they and didn't do it, though. You know what? What games they put on NBA TV? Bucks Magic. <laughs> Bucks Magic, or you know, insert other terrible matchup that no one's gonna watch. Yeah. That's why they throw it on NBA TV because no one has the channel. Yeah, and listen, oh, I saw some people like arguing. Well, a lot of people out there are getting illegal streams. Get, uh, I don't think so. Getting the illegal streams is not as it's, easy as, as it, it think used it to is. be. It, it used to be a lot easier. It's hard to get a quality. Listen, I don't. I'm not saying from experience. Maybe I am. I, I do everything above board around here. Getting the illegal streams are is tough. You got to click through all these broken links. Then you got to click through all these freaking like spamware, like adware. Ads. And then five minutes into watching, it, it might stops. be taken down. Yeah, then they can't. Then they silence that transmission. Or then you got to go terrible. find another link. It's or terrible you, quality. Or it's like looking. You remember TV? You remember? You might not, Rowdy, but there was a time when I was a kid. You had to get up, adjust the rabbit ears, and you had to turn this dial to change the station. I remember when Fox Forty Seven still went off air at night. They play the national anthem and then go to static. Well, I think another thing that's changed why people low are... definition that the the illegal streams rowdy that you do find most of them it looks like the the game itself is being filmed with a toaster. Well, I think a lot of reasons why those type of streams are are going away and people are are staying away from them is because you do have like you talked about it before you have Hulu Sports where it's yeah, I have pretty Hulu Sports sounds like it's pretty reasonable it's awesome. for pricing and you can get a lot of different things. I pay forty five bucks. I don't have I've ne- I haven't had cable in. Five years, maybe longer, and I have Hulu Plus. Well, then you also you get everything for like forty-five bucks. It's pretty badass. ESPN came out with ESPN Plus, where you have a lot of different games that will be streamed on there between different sports, and that's pretty reasonable, isn't it? Like twelve bucks a month, or it's yeah, something. It's, like, it's, I don't know. I don't lot, have it. It's but. a lot better than having to pay the one hundred and twenty to three hundred dollars that some people pay for cable. And it's still a lot more affordable than if you paid specifically for like. The NBA package or the NFL package or the MLB package. Yeah. Now you might not get every single game, obviously, but you get, but you get your more, teams. and it's obviously much more affordable. Yeah. If if I saw some people chalking up to illegal streams, don't kid yourself. The illegal stream is is it's hard to do. In a pinch, yeah, it works, but it sucks. It's like uh, Windows two thousand. Yeah, would there's even, some, I would go there's, Windows ninety eight. There's some computers that still have it. Yeah. But it's few and far between. We might have them. Like you gotta, cl- you gotta click through all of these. Just, and you know what I hate most about getting the illegal streams 
is when they pop up these little ads that you have to click off of for the TV for the broadcast to start, but they hide where the X is to click off of it. So no, and they even give you like dummy X's. So if you click on, I'm the, pretty good at finding the, so the real I've, X. I figured it out too, but. Listen, the average Joe Schmo who's out there like drastically, frantically trying to get an illegal stream, if they can find it, WYSIWYG, if they can find it, WYSIWYG, you got to click on this X, and it looks like the X to click on to click out of the ad. Well, here's what happens. You click on it, and it brings up like eight more ads. They're, they're deceptive, I tell you that. They are, they're sneaky little buggers. You know what is funny though? It's always like weird, like weird, like anime porn looking stuff. You ever notice that? It's so bizarre. When you go to watch like a movie, yeah. From a stream, and you you're like, oh yes, finally, it's it's good quality, and then they start talking, and it's not the right language. Oh, I know you got some like German stream or something. Yeah, it's like, it's a different language. You're like, from Brazil. God. You're like God bless America, what's happening? You here? finally find a stream that works, and then it's a language that you don't understand. Yeah, that's when you just mute it. But yeah, okay, so you close the laptop and you go to bed disappointed. There is no way illegal streams are taken away from the NBA. I'm sure, yes, there are some people doing it, but the, the, I will not say that the reason why 20% ratings are down is because of legal streams. No. Ratings are down 28% for the demographic of 18 to 49 for the first week of the playoffs. Uh, but again, they said, but again, these numbers align with television ratings overall, which are reportedly down 19% from this time last year. How many people out there watch straight-up TV? I would love to know how many people out there are watching a straight up TV. Ones are you? Like like not Define cable, watching like straight not, up TV. Not like an ABC, a CBS, a Fox, a um did I say NBC? I'm like you go to I used to, was once called the Farmer 5, but the free over the air broadcast TV. When do I go to those? Yeah. Not very often. Uh, how many people out there are doing that? That's what I would love to know. It's very, very rare that I am going during, and watching the free over-the-air TV during football season, where I, you have your you have your yep. college football on three or twenty-seven, yep, forty-seven, and then you have your NFL on forty-seven, three fifteen, yep. Basically, basically outside just for of football. that, yeah, basically outside of that, you'll have the occasional Major League Baseball game on forty-seven. Um, other than that, yeah, it's pretty few and far between. I guess if you watch the news, maybe you have it on. Yeah. But I don't. It's not like I watch the news very often. Same. I just <laughs> maybe, I, just, I just get it from online. Maybe you'll I just catch read. a. I read online. I read, read, read. Catch an episode of uh, Wheel of Fortune. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I haven't got an episode of Wheel of Fortune or Jeopardy in a while. I would love to know who's out there watching like the over, the free over the air broadcast TV. I will. Okay, I will occasionally check into the Heroes and Icons channel. Me TV. There was a was a Commando. I will check those out because there are some amazing either westerns, the Twilight Zone, um, Outer Limits. God, Outer Limits, what a show! Um, or a couple like just like cheesy '90s movies or late '80s that I love. I will say back in uh, college, Heroes and Icons, Me TV. Back in college, when you could adjust your uh, schedule to not starting until ten in the morning. Yeah, it was pretty nice starting your day with some breakfast and. Some Jerry Springer before you oh, before you go to the first class. Nothing better than <laughs> nothing better than when you were in Jerry school, Spring. and yeah yeah yeah. You, you never didn't knew go what to you school. were gonna get before you went to school. Wasn't that the best? You're like, mom, I'm not feeling too good. I I don't I can't think I can go to school. Well, I mean, at this age, you could have just said, I I'm not going to class. Well, this is for me. I'm not. I can't. I'm not feeling good. My head's hot. Uh, my throat's itchy. Well, are you sure you can? Sure, you need to stay. Yeah. Mom leaves. It's time for Maury. It's time for Jerry Springer. It's time for all Judge Judy. A little later on in the day, let's go. I say, yeah, ratings down for the NBA, big time, but also down across the board, nineteen percent. But the NBA is taking hits, eighteen to forty-nine. The demographic, twenty-eight percent down. Well, they say, well, TV's down 19% this year. Okay, well, the NBA, it's specifically from the range that they want to uh, get, you know, get in on, 18 to 49, is down 28%. That's a very big number. And I think there's really only one reason. Well, I think there's a lot of reasons, but there's... I would say the major reason is politics and 
Yes. Like people said, most people don't want to see politics in sports. That's why they turn sports on. That is that is probably the driving force. I would also say with the kind of the season ending and then restarting, it's lost a lot of its luster. And then you had all of the players fighting about what to do when it comes to the bubble itself. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into play here and also other guys opting out. But being down 28% is a, is a big number. And there is, there's many factors that go into it. But, yeah, it's the, the biggest one is, is politics, whether you like it or not. I mean, that's just what it is. 28% is huge. And the NBA's national television contract expires soon. At $2.6 billion, that remains the league's largest stream of revenue for the NBA is $2.6 billion, their TV contract. And the lower ratings are going to impact the league's bargaining position when it's time to renegotiate that TV deal. The money is – and then you throw on COVID-19 – you throw on all that the loss, all the loss of revenue when it comes to yeah, no you don't fans know, in the stands, no one you know through the gates. You don't know how much more revenue they're going to lose if they decide not to play. I know the report is they're going to play, but I mean they changed their mind in 24 hours one way. They could change it again. So they're coming back. Well, that's the thing. I mean, our ratings going to dip even more now because yeah, they canceled, they boycotted, but now they're back. But they aren't going. They, the expectation is. Saturday is when they're going to pick back up again, but nothing firm and concrete is out right now. But I mean, at the same time, the NBA was front and center out there with, you know, political views. I'm kind of saying they they made their own bed. Now they have to sleep in it. Yeah. Like you have to deal with this now. Yeah. We'll see what happens. 28% is a huge number for that demographic. That's crazy. There you go. Our guy Aaron hits me up. Aaron, what's up, dude? He says, all I have is bunny ears for my TV. I don't watch much TV, but when I do, it's either PBS or sports. My brother Doogie messaged me, says, PBS, mother effer. I love PBS. PBS rules. Oh, what's the last show I think that I consistently watch PBS on or was made to watch? I did the Ken Arthur. Burns. Arthur. Ken Burns documentaries are incredible. I did the country music one. I love watching me some Antiques Roadshow. Show. <laughs>